0: Welcome to the I say all that to say this podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Before we get to that, we'd like to tell you about those that make this podcast possible. This week's episode is sponsored by our friends over at Sovereign Financial. Mike Cuckle and Will Hines are incredibly gifted at taking care of you and your investments. They both are good friends and I trust them with my family's future. They not only focus on your ROI, but they also do in-depth research and investigation so you can rest assured that you are only investing in like-minded companies. They call it biblically responsible investing. You can reach out to them at SovereignFIN.com. Again, that's SovereignFIN.com to make an appointment. And if you tell them you heard about them on this podcast they will give you a free portfolio review and consultation welcome to the i say all that to say this podcast an outreach of impact sports international we seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach the lost and, and the forgotten. forgotten whether that is just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world here is your host here's your host here's your host here's your host john andrews Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Say All That To Say This podcast. I'm your host, John Andrews. Six weeks before our very first episode back in March of 2021, hosting a podcast was not even on my radar. But as God opened the door for this new avenue in our ministry, he also brought along some incredible people to help us pull off something I never could have done on our own. Now, as we're starting 2023, I felt God moving us to use this platform that he's given us to help highlight other ministries. We've talked a lot about the things we've done with Impact Sports, places we've served, and the lives that God has changed. But as we moved into the new year, God was reminding me of what I've always known. And I've always believed that this should be the case. And that is that kingdom workers, those whose main focus is the Great Commission, we should all be on the same team. Now, we know that, unfortunately, that, that's not always the case. But we wanted to use this opportunity and this platform that God has given us to do exactly that, to highlight other ministries, other like-minded believers who are seeking to make a difference. Through the first couple of months of the year, we are going to highlight what God is doing in other places. Now, that may not necessarily be some map dot that you can't find. It might be in your own community, and it might be an organization that you've never heard of or one that you're very familiar with. It may be something that someone is doing with a team, a professional organization, or something else. These episodes will be with people who are using their unique gifts to help point people to him. I'm excited to welcome my two guests today. We don't do that very often, but Andrew Burgess and Reed Branham are the co-founders of Hoop Coalition based in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I first met Andrew in December of 2021 when I'd gone over to meet with some pastors at a local church. We finished meeting. He said, hey, there's a guy here I think you should meet. And as uh, you'll hear very soon, we were like-minded and hit it off immediately. And then uh, Andrew introduced me to Reed in the summer of that same year and I've gotten to know these two well and you guys are in for a treat today. Andrew, Reed welcome to I Say All That to Say This.
1: Thank you for having us. Yeah, appreciate it.
0: Alright, I want to know kind of your backstory. Alright, and you guys can take turns. You can. Uh, it's completely up to you um, whether you want to do one part of the question and hand it off or vice versa or you want to answer all these questions and then switch over, but I want to know a little bit about yourselves, your family, where you are in life. Uh, I want to know a little bit about your background, uh, and then tell us your Jesus story. And read, try to keep it under 20 minutes, (laughs) all right?
2: All right, uh, uh, I'll go first. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yep. So, I am married. My beautiful wife, Victoria, and I have a little girl that is uh, over a year now. And yeah, we're from the little small town of Winsboro, South Carolina, and that's just north of Columbia. Um, but we we moved this way for um, school. We went to USC Upstate and uh, did school together. Graduated in 2018, and um, yeah, we we graduated and were heavily involved with all sorts of school activities. But one of those uh, was a Christian organization that. Uh, propelled us into a lifelong relationship with Jesus, and mm. I give all credit to the, uh, them, the people involved. Essentially, they taught us what it meant to be a disciple. Hmm. Um, there were mentors in my life. There were people that I met. There were conferences that I had attended, and an uh, organization called Crew, and they uh, and that's Campus
0: Crusade for Christ. Correct, so Campus, Campus don't, Crusade. Uh, yeah.
2: Yes. Um, but these people that we met there, uh, my wife and I to this day are friends with them. Um, and and I, like I said, I give credit to the people that we met there that taught us what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus. Mm. But yeah, I'd say that has shaped my life into now. Um, historically, I didn't know what that meant as a little kid. Uh, and that's no knock on my upbringing. And that's no knock on the, any, of, any of the church... Um, Elders that I had been in. I, I was raised in the church, in the yeah. Baptist church. Um, but a lot of it was in my life, I felt like it was doing the church thing hmm. rather than being the church. Hmm. And that was a, a principle shown to me through Crew. And now all things flow through that train of thought. Yeah. I want to be the church in whatever capacity that is. So uh, that that's that's the Holy Spirit working on me, telling me, "Hey, I'm trying to shape your life. Let me do it." Mm. And that has flowed over into um, all things, relationships especially. Uh, prior to my the influence on crew in my life and Jesus in my life, uh, relationships were shallow at best. Um, my wife and I, I, I yeah, we we. Uh, I guess in short, we—I uh, I try not to be so wordy about it—but um, there were moments in our relationship in college where, had we had not had a community of believers that surrounded us, we may have uh, gone two different paths, hmm. and that scares me to think. But because of the community that surrounded us, uh, and, and e- or uh, a mutual pursuit of Jesus as center of our life, uh, that made us strong to the point where now we're married and we want to have as many kids as the Lord provides all the things. <laughs> here. But I, th- this, this truth of discipleship under him, having him at the center is of utmost importance hmm. because the rest of everything my life,
0: um, is geared that way. Hmm. So. Hmm. Well, and you're, you're a nurse mm-hmm. and, uh, as someone whose parents have gone through recent health issues and been in the hospital, um, and, you know, and, and most people are not happy about being in the hospital, right? Yeah. And and their support system, too, their, their family and their friends that come in, they're worried about their health and that kind of thing and uh, what may or may not happen uh, as a result of them being there and everything else. And I think, man, what a beautiful—you talk about being the church. What a beautiful picture of being an, an intentional disciple, an intentional follower of Christ is one who intentionally tells others. And you have a chance to be in front of them day in and day out in their weakest moment in many cases and minister that way.
2: Yeah, in a, in a hospital setting, um, sadly over recent years, it's just kind of been a place where neither the patients nor healthcare staff are, are walking in with a big smile on yeah. their face, and that's just the harsh reality of of, of where we're at. Um, but it, it's a different scope, or a different lens to look through, like what you're saying, and exa- it's exactly that. Whether um, it's a, it's a day I'm walking in with a smile on my face or not, but uh, I, I view it in that lens mm. where God has me there for a reason, and I'm uh, blessed to have the degree, have the job, have the influence there um, to be the church yeah. in every walk. Um, so there in the hospital setting, uh, in the setting that we have established, Andrew and I, with Hoop Coalition, uh Life has changed, like I said, because uh, discipling under Jesus has mm-hmm. shaped that way, uh, has shaped my mind and heart that way. So um, I'm c- convicted by that question of, Reed, were you the church
0: today? Hmm. Um, I think we all should be, Yeah, honestly.
2: Yeah. God, Jesus, My grace story, my Jesus story, as you asked, um, had I not had the impact, as mentioned before, um i'm i'm afraid i would have gone the route of chasing after fool's gold i call Mm. it uh uh, chasing after money the thing that seems to satisfy uh, a career that looks good on paper or whatever it may be um but i'm so thankful that uh i was intercepted on that path and jesus has directed me elsewhere and whether it's foggy or hazy confusing at the time i am satisfied to know that my ear is still listening to him.
0: Hmm. Well let, let me yeah. let me bring Andrew in here and we'll <laughs> yeah, kinda we we'll kinda have you guys come along <clears throat> <absolutely. clears throat> with these questions together. Give us your backstory, uh family, how you guys mm-hmm. how you got to where you are now. Yeah. Uh, and of course your Jesus story as well. Yeah, no for
1: sure. Uh, so I my better half uh is Megan. Um I have a, a amazing son, Eli, he's nine and a half um months uh, old and uh, we're also expecting another little little one on the way so I'm, I'm beating reed to the punch as he says he wants to grow his family <laughs> uh, he beat me with the first but <laughs> uh, but uh yeah lord willing we'll have a, a second come august and so that's really exciting um yeah i mean i, I grew up i mean so much to Reed's story i grew up in the church um i had an amazing uh, grandfather who was my pastor uh, who had an amazing marriage and also an amazing ministry over 60 years mm and he was a a very much a model um, in my life uh, as i think just about what it means to follow jesus Uh, i can't really separate the two um and so he's definitely a hero when i think about um, my relationship with the lord and and definitely someone who um, i think about often I actually, have sermon notes that that are just left over in my home uh, to this day that I can just look over, and it seems like he's my pastor hmm. now. But um, yeah, I grew up in a, in a great church, um, but also like really struggled with um, what the gospel actually is opposed to religion. Um, I really considered a walk with the Lord to be a lot of, about performance mm-hmm. and if, how I, were, I was doing on a certain day, um, and if I did good. Uh, whatever that looked like, if I deemed it good, then it was a good day. If it w- wasn't uh, so much, uh, yeah, it would be the opposite. Um, but basically, the first 15 years of my life, I was really struggling with um, those uh, ideas. And um, really, it wasn't until um, I experienced probably the first amount of suffering in my life, I lost my brother tragically. Um, and that shattered everything. Uh, for When my, you were 15? When I was 15. Yeah. yeah. and it just shattered a lot of perspective because up until that point, like I probably could have looked, you know, the Disney movies, all the things like happily ever after that yeah. mantra. Like I I hadn't experienced anything quite like that yet. And uh, that began to shift my perspective and also made me ask questions about who God is and is this um, real, is this true? Uh, just because I was born in this family, in this space, mm-hmm. like is Christianity it? Uh, and so it forced me at a young age to really start to ask those questions and that led uh, uh, for a series of uh, maybe about a year and a half just asking those questions. And then when I was 17, um, there were three sermons uh, that were taught. And it, uh, the Holy Spirit, um, He got a hold of me. Hmm. And uh, I, the only thing I knew to do, because at that point, I feel like I went to the altar probably a hundred times before <laughs> then. But this, at this point, I was r- truly ready to surrender things hmm. and actually follow Jesus. And I asked my pastor for accountability. I didn't know what that looked like. Um and I would love to say it, like say that from that point on, it was great. Yeah. Um, but I, basketball season came around sure. and then just um, a year went by and there was little little amounts of growth. Um, but then actually leading into, so that was my senior year of high school, and then leading into um, the summer, I was working um, cutting grass uh, every morning, We'd wake up at 5 in the morning, and then at night I go to the gym and play basketball. And uh, that was wash, rinse, repeat pretty much every day. And yeah,
0: it's, cl- it's hard to follow Jesus when you're having to do the devil's work every day. <laughs> Cutting grass yeah, is we, the yeah. devil's work. It's, uh, Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, <laughs> weed eating is, is an art. It's, um, you know, but So I was in the gym constantly, and there happened to be uh, a guy that um, walked into the gym one day, and his name is Brian Good. Uh, just a quick shout-out. Um, he I knew of him. I knew he was in ministry. He was one year younger than me, um, but he was an, an amazing dude, um, from what I from what I knew. Um, but I just knew of him. And that day, uh, we were playing basketball. Uh, he, after we finished, he came up to me and said, "Hey, would you love to go grab lunch?" And at that point, even though I accepted Christ at seventeen, I really had still had the, the struggle with performing mm-hmm. and and, t- and trying to earn my salvation. Mm. Um, and then. Brian that day sat down. We started talking about things, and he really was a safe place for me to ask a lot of questions that I had, and I really hadn't had that honestly. Um, And that day he told me that my salvation wasn't based off feelings, Hmm. Um, and that shifted everything. And when I heard that initially, I was like, "That sounds great, but that's that's not what I know to be true." Yeah. Um, And honestly, up until that point, I really rarely ever opened my Bible, Um, and so but that little simple line made me desire to learn more and so he wanted to join the basketball team uh actually so i grew up in union uh he wanted to join uh the union high school basketball team and uh he had grown up playing uh baseball and football and was a great athlete Uh, but i was in the gym every day so i was like hey you can come along we can train do different things and maybe you you know you can make the team but little did i know during that time he was actually discipling me Hmm. um and little, little did I know that I would actually discover, you know, verses like Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, that I'm saved by grace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not on my own doing, not any any work that I do, but it's solely based on Jesus and his finished work for, for me. Um, and so salvation, not based on feelings, um, became more of just a thought. It became a reality for me. Um, and so my life from that point on, i um, Really did begin to shift and change, uh, and then I actually would meet my wife and Reed and everybody through crew. I went to USC Upstate, um, and so that was just a really really sweet time, um, but also a ton of growth happened there as well, and uh, has led into a lot today. And that's how, of course, Reed and I know each other, and um, yeah, there's there's a lot there. But
0: well, uh, you guys meet in college, mm-hmm. uh, and years a couple of years have passed and you are now the the founders of hoop coalition so talk a little bit and I, I don't care who goes first or if, if you just want to hand these questions off to each other doesn't matter uh, but how did you how did you come up with the idea or what moved you in that direction and then ultimately and to talk about the journey from college to hoop coalition mm-hmm. and then uh tell us what hoop coalition is
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Uh, I'll start us off. Uh, for me personally, uh, sports in, in my life held a great um, responsibility. It, it taught me all the life skills of integrity, um, strength, uh, despite adversity, all the things. And, and uh, I was told by one of my teachers in high school um, He looked at me a dead in the face and he was a teacher he was uh, he he coached on uh, defense he was the defensive line coach Um, but he looked at me he said Reed you got a lot of potential you're going to be a teacher one day and I didn't know what that meant um but I I respected him and him calling that out that truth out in me um at first I was like he doesn't know me Mm -hmm. he doesn't what does he think what does he who does he think he is and all that and and uh the next time, the next conversation we had, he said, Reed, I want you to lead uh, some some content from the FCA devotional next week." Hmm. And I sunk. I was so scared. <laughs> I was a shy kid, but I had friends. I was I was not uh, entirely introverted, but I had never been given a microphone and a platform where I was the young sophomore kid, uh, where I'm teaching every age range. Yeah. Um, so I. I I did that devotional and after, and then God brought me through it and it was really cool because a lot of guys that I may have had one or two conversation with on the football team, um, they came up to me as I read, that was really, really cool. Thanks for sharing. I'm, I'm proud of you. And like in that moment, him, uh, coach Thorne is his name. He, 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 those words were coming to uh, fruition of, of, Reed, you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. You're teaching others concepts that may seem elementary to you, but they needed it, and you needed that as well. So uh, personally, sports and ministry has been a natural marriage um, in my life. So in the college setting at USC Upstate, any chance I could, I would try to pair uh, sports with hey, an outreach, mm-hmm. uh, an outreach yeah. effort. Uh, we even did something called Crew Olympics. And we did <laughs> a frisbee, pick up frisbee, ultimate frisbee game um, on campus. And a lot of people showed up. We had great um, great new connections and stuff. And it, it was just a, uh, an easy, it, it, w- it felt like it was my wheelhouse. Um, and I would play in the intramural leagues, 3v3 tournaments, and stuff like that, basketball. Uh, I, I loved all sports. I, I kind of gave it all my efforts. Um, but it wasn't until Andrew and I became friends on campus uh, whenever this guy, he was raised playing basketball, and I had never really picked it up until college, hmm. and he was super passionate about it. I remember uh, my wife and his wife became really tight, and naturally we, we hung out a lot. Uh, I was there at their first date, and we, we just <laughs> – yep, uh, nice. Like all, all the different was it things. just you, or
0: was your girlfriend a part of that too? Was that a double <laughs> date? Okay, because this odd, date. odd third wheel would be weird <laughs> for the first date. He was just
1: staring at me yeah. all the time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but, but it was great. We went ice skating, all the stuff. It was fun. Uh, but it, it was, it was a natural connection between he and I because we both love sports. He would, he showed up to all of the, uh, the crew Olympics yeah. and so on and so forth. But it was just a natural connection that um we both like hey you like basketball i like basketball let's go play so as our friendship and relationship progressed we i remember one of the first times that we like played um and it was at the it it, we weren't going with an effort of outreach it was more so let's go play some basketball (laughs) yeah and we went to the uh uh, behind the beacon Mm -hmm. back there with uh, the graffiti of zions um, yeah painting it and it was great i think they had just finished it that uh year within six months and we went and played there and it was awesome like i remember i mean i obviously scored more points than him but they yeah, remembered us definitely uh, but i there's a whole nother part of it should i share that that uh, uh maybe not okay save that for yeah. another time we, next episode <laughs> next episode long story short we played until we we ran off the court yeah and uh uh, our legs. scored so many points <laughs> that
1: they literally yeah they kicked us yeah. out they like, y'all gotta go y'all gotta go we was, can't uh, compete with you guys you have to leave <laughs> we couldn't even share <laughs> the gospel because they were that mad at us they were so
0: embarrassed yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> uh but that was the start of in my head that was the start of well shoot there's there's a really cool thing mm-hmm. there's someone that is my really good friend that has an equal desire equal passion of bringing basketball Ministry and let's see and what God does with mm-hmm. that.
1: Um, I, I'm glad to know that I'm a really good friend. I don't hear that often. <laughs> All right, so so Andrew, let's yeah. transition
0: to you. And yeah. he said basketball plus ministry, mm-hmm. and I remember the moment that I encountered um, the fact that we could use basketball and combine that with international missions. Mm-hmm. And I was 25, mm-hmm. and I'd been teaching and coaching for three years at that point in time. And I was completely dumbfounded. And I the guy that presented the opportunity, I just looked at him with my mouth open wide and I said, You can do that. Mm-hmm. And so how do you how did you you guys get from we love basketball and we love ministry to hoop coalition? Mm-hmm. T- talk us through that transition.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, shortly after, just to add a little bit what Ree was saying, shortly after we, we played there uh, behind, I think it's Stewart Park, I think that's mm. right. Um, we It was COVID hit, mm-hmm. and we went to the courts behind the fairgrounds um, in Spartanburg, and there was like 60 to 70 people Yeah, um, there because every court you was, know, closed. was shut down. Yeah. And, and so it was like just the coolest thing. Like, I mean, just getting to know people and... Um, really, like Reed said, like I, I opposed, you know, Reed played football growing up, but for me, basketball, you know, was the norm and it yeah. was a, an activity that was, you know, if I'm not in the gym practicing with the team, then I'm, you know, at an open court run, some session is going on. Um, and I think really early on, I picked up how essentially, you know, the, the idea that basketball could build, be a bridge to build relationships with people. Um, but for me, like, and the shift that you're talking about with like understanding how it could be used from a missional aspect was honestly like never really a, a thought until like me honestly reed had such a passion for sports ministry mm-hmm. where and that was like something that he was really excited about like it didn't click until we really started having conversations mm-hmm. that i could then begin to think that way um and so but yeah, like, after really accepting Christ and then un, like kind of just putting all these things together and these pieces together, it's like, yes, this is an option. We can do this. Um, and so for me, like you said, Reed's, Reed's a nurse. But at at the point um, or before Hoop Collision began, I was working with the campus ministry team mm-hmm. at, at Upstate. Um, and I had started incorporating a little bit of sports ministry in um, just in my own personal ministry. I would go and we'd play at the health education complex and you'd meet people and um, just that organic conversation would begin to happen, and then you're inviting people to, you know, Bible studies and different things, and so it, it just became became more of a reality, um, and more of an, uh, yeah, opportunities began to to come to life. Right. Um, and it, there's just not much. Um, there's not much to it. You mm-hmm. know, you just go into a gym. Yeah. You have a basketball, and then you're meeting somebody that you otherwise might not know. Um, yeah. And then the then the Lord starts doing some pretty cool things.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you had to put it in a nutshell, what is Hoop Coalition?
1: Yeah, so I mean, essentially what what I just said in some way. So the Hoop Coalition exists to build relationships through basketball with people we otherwise wouldn't know while simultaneously introducing them to Jesus. Hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that was like once we started to put all these pieces together, like I just said, like it – it, it changed like I mean and we we started to to play more and it it wasn't uh maybe formal there wasn't necessarily a name we had a hard time choosing a name <laughs> for the ministry but once we began to sit down I remember there was a one day in particular where we just sat some time um to get together at Reed's house and for three hours we're, we're praying and processing how we could actually make this um happen and the training that we had received through campus ministry and actually doing that um but we were like this can translate to sports ministry yeah so Yeah.
0: All right, well, knowing a little bit about what the the process is to start a ministry, to come up with names for the ministry, I'm curious what second place was to Hoop Coalition, because I love the name. (laughs) I'm just curious what second place was. Uh, What
2: was it? Well, actually, uh, we wanted Hoop Culture, but that wasn't already established. Okay. Uh, it was already taken. We didn't brand, realize how yeah. big hoop culture is, but it <laughs> is very much a huge clothing, yeah, and yeah, yeah, sports brand. Yeah, so that one was out. That one would have taken the cake. Uh, there was Misfit Hoops.
0: Mm-hmm. Misfit Hoops. Yeah, it's very bad. <laughs> okay, that one was very. Hoop bad. Coalition is much much <laughs> better. <laughs> better than yeah, misfit. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so t- talk us through a, a, a normal week. What does Hoop Coalition? Ho- what does Hoop Coalition look like week to mm-hmm. week? So. Uh, it's
2: right now uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. There is an active um, meeting at a church gym. Mm-hmm. Where uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays it happens at Roebuck Baptist Church. They have opened their doors to us and allowed us to use their facilities, which is a blessing. Um, and we meet and Wednesday um, yes. we meet at Cornerstone Baptist. Yeah, CJ church. Jackson.
1: He's um, yeah, he runs that.
2: Um, so. On, yeah, essentially we meet on a court, um, and it it can take shape if Roebuck or, or in, any other church may need to use their facilities. We we have other resources that we can call on, um, but we meet on a court. We share devotional before we play, and um, we play. We do runs of basketball, and we sign sign a list where there's teams that are organized, and um, the the hope and goal is to again meet people you don't know or continue to deepen relationships with people you do know right and get to know them because no one's going to trust you no one's going to feel like they know you until you there's time spent with one another so that that's happening on a weekly basis
1: um Mm -hmm. and yeah add more to it if you if you have any yeah i mean i just think um it's easy to say you're doing ministry um it's easy just to say that and just open up the gym, but like our our heart is that our goal is to like actually, when people walk in the door, to know that like, hey, God has ordained this time, hmm. and like there has just been so many moments where you know you might just be sitting on the sidelines and praying for the Spirit of God to move, and you just begin to see opportunities where guys that you would never think because they're just they seem so cool, they're so big and bad, but they begin to break down and share, you know, things that are on their heart and on their minds, and we've, you know hopefully, um, you know, been a blessing to them and to, to walk with them through life. And so, yeah, just um, I believe that opportunity, not only have we obviously opened the gym to play basketball, but the conversations that happen on the sidelines are the most most wholesome thing uh, and the reason that we're, we're there.
0: And um, do you – I know the answer to this question, but just to make sure uh, everybody else does, do you guys take time each night to – share devotion or share the god how, how does that work what do you guys do
2: yeah so it's uh we set a schedule where basically <clears throat> we, there there's a, a prepared devotional where it's shared and um we open the floor for prayer requests or whoever may want to add anything um yeah it's it's we have other leaders that um we entrust them on some nights or they come to us and say, Hey, I have something heavy on my heart. I'd huh. love to share. Um, One of the
0: guys that shows up to play. Mm-hmm, okay. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I put myself mentally in the shoes of someone that has no or no church experience at all. And they love basketball and they want to walk into a setting that um, it's as if they've never heard the gospel before. Yeah. So that's how the, the devotions are presented. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, we believe that any, any lesson that is shared is going to be able to capture uh, a heart or someone's ears or someone's attention. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of our words, but because it's a uh, prepared lesson
0: uh, that the Spirit's going to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and Andrew, you just said as they're walking in, you're praying for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. coincide mm-hmm. and lives are changed. Give me, give me a story uh, of, of life change that you've seen. At hoop yeah. coalition, or as the as a result of hoop coalition.
1: Yeah, I mean it Um, uh, actually, was on a call with you the other day, but I, I uh, shared with you. Um, yeah, there there was a a guy who walked in the gym the other day, and it was actually uh I've actually been on a kick which I started playing, uh, the past two runs, but there was a kick where I was just like I just don't want to play. So like there was just nights where I would go in, just you know casually dressed, and um I didn't know this, but really that presented a lot of opportunities for me to actually talk to guys instead of being so focused on playing. Yeah. Um, and so I've actually started to make a little bit more of a habit of sometimes not playing and uh, just enjoying yeah, talking to different people. But I'm um, not going to mention his name, but there was a, a, a guy who came in and I'd um, yeah, never seen him before, and uh, we began talking. And like I said, I had some time on my hands since I wasn't playing. Um, and it just quickly led into just a really wholesome conversation about really his experience growing up uh, in the church and um, experiences of um, hurt that he had um, experienced due to go- growing up in the church. Mm. Um, there was areas that I could relate to him in that, and there and there were some things that I couldn't relate to. Um, but that's the beauty of story, that we all have something that's a story that's different. Yeah. and. Um, but anyways, we, we began to continue to share and uh, talk and get to know one another, and it there was an opportunity to really just drive gospel truth um, into the into the conversation. Uh, opportunities presented themselves where you know it was clear that the Lord was, um, yeah, allowing him to ask questions. And one of the things he said to me he said, "Andrew, I'm, I I'm I know that Jesus like lived on Earth, but I'm just not sure he's God," hmm. and. I think that's an okay place to be if you're, you know, you're in an exploring state. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was like, that's fair. Um, I would love to talk with you more about that. And so over the past month, I'd been trying to reach out to him. Uh, and I didn't feel like he was blowing me off. There was genuine things that had come up in his work schedule and uh, family was in town. And, uh, but that led to, uh, the other day, I had the opportunity to meet with him at a, a local coffee shop and, uh, he told me, he said, Andrew, I have not been able to get that conversation off my mind. Hmm. Um, I have told everybody about that conversation, my friends, my family, my grandmother, my girlfriend. Like, he just listed off all these people, and he said, I met this dude, and it was just something different about this conversation um, and different about him, and I wanted to, you know, talk with him more. Um, and obviously, that's not anything great about me, but it's we know that that, that is the, the Spirit of God moving and working. Um And so, yeah, uh, that led to that meeting finally happening. And um, as he began to share those things with me, I began to learn more about his story and his upbringing. Um, And then, like, I have never really experienced anything like it, but uh, the Spirit was just so clearly present in our conversation. Mm. Uh, Just in a simple coffee shop, um, yeah, it, it was clear that God was doing something in his heart. Um, and I felt God was pressing me to, to ask him and to be bold and say, hey, you can accept Christ like this can be today. And we know that scripture says today is the day of salvation. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool when you're in that moment and you feel the confidence and courage that comes from the spirit to ask um, heart level questions. And so he... Um, yeah, as we, he said, well, so how do I do this? And, um, so he was, he was ready and I opened up Romans 10 for him. I was like, Hey, read this. And he did. And I was like, anything that you can't explain, I'll explain to you. And so we talked about it, we discussed it. And I was like, uh, after finishing, we talked about confession, repentance, belief in Jesus, what that looks like, what that means. Um, and from that point on, uh, I was like, do you want to do this? And he was like, yes, I'm good. I understand. Um, and I was like, okay, you can do that now. And he's like, well, how? <laughs> and I'm like, you just pray. And he looks around everybody in the coffee shop. He's like, how do I do that? <laughs> um, I was like, you just do what we just, like we read and we talked about. You you talk to God and you say, you know, you're sorry and you want to trust him and you want to follow him. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was probably one of the most beautiful prayers I've ever heard in my life. One one of those prayers where you, after hearing it, feel like you don't follow Jesus. Um and so yeah uh, he trusted in Christ and um, yeah it's been really really sweet to walk with him up into this point and just weeks later uh, so that's a very current story
0: yeah um, I don't know if Reed has any more yeah. well as you're as you're talking I was I was just I couldn't help but think of this verse because uh, there's some preparation I mean like y'all you, Reed you played football growing up and you said you didn't play basketball till you got to college and basketball was your background. Mm-hmm. Andrew, and, and uh, that's part of your preparation for Hoop Coalition, obviously, is your sports background. Um, but if you weren't intentionally preparing yourself spiritually, mm-hmm. you may not have been ready for that that encounter. And it, it just brought to mind 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to mm-hmm. give an answer for the hope that, you're ha- that you have. And it's really twofold. One, people have to look at you and recognize that you have a hope mm-hmm. <laughs> to ask you about. Mm-hmm. And if if you don't, they're not going to ask. But then, secondly, be ready to explain what that is. And and um, if you hadn't done the preparation ahead of time, then uh, not sure that guy makes that decision that day in that coffee shop because you 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 weren't able to explain the question. So um, I just want to point that out. And um, preparation is used all throughout Scripture yeah. and time of preparation and. Uh, even Jesus went through a time of preparation, mm-hmm. and um, and so I, I just I heard that as you were telling the story, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to applaud that. Reed, you have a story?
2: Uh, no, just echoing that um, the the hope and the joy that is experienced in those those moments are now this one person that attended a Tuesday or Saturday night. Now he has a community that meets twice a week. Hmm. He has several guys that he can uh, further in conversation, deepen that relationship, deepen the community, um, and and it, it excites me because uh, there. Andrew shared um, we were just talking like we can take him to church with us if he yeah. doesn't have a church home or, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Um, let let's buddy up and partner alongside people like that, people that are hungry. Yeah. let's show them where to eat. Yeah, and that's that's the Ooh, beauty like of it. That. Um, <laughs> People are hungry.
0: Read is the king of metaphors. Yeah. Well, I'm going to come back to one you just said in sure. a second, ag- but well, let, let's go there now. I I need to write that down. <laughs> Say it again before I forget. I'm People that are
2: hungry, let's show them where to eat. People who are hungry, <laughs> let's show them where to eat. Okay.
0: Uh, you said something earlier, and this may may be a readism too, but you said um, we want to. We want to be the church Mm -hmm. and not do church. We want to focus on being the church, not doing church. Mm -hmm. Explain that a little further. Yeah. Um, Because I think that's something that the church, the big C church, misses a lot of times.
2: I agree 100%. Um, Yeah, so I would say... Uh, to be to right to do the church to to check the box of i went to church this sunday is at bottom or at best it's a good habit to have Mm -hmm. um but there is so much that's being missed if you aren't being the church if you aren't invested in the church um the big c christian christian church um christ's church um To be the church is to follow Jesus' lead. Yeah. When Jesus walked this earth, um, he didn't have a regular Sunday uh, to to, to drive up to nine o'clock service, go (laughs) listen to some guy talk, and then go home and watch football on Sunday. That's doing the church thing, just going and then going back home, no change. to, to, to be the church, Jesus, is he's the leader. He is the person, the, the exact perfect model um, to do what he did. Um, and this is, I'm still in this in Bridgetown over in Portland, Oregon. They're, they're, I listen to their pastors all the time. Um, but the three things to, to be the church is, um, help me so I don't mess them up, but it's <laughs> to be with Jesus, do what Jesus did, or be, oh become no, like him. Become like mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, to do those three things in every aspect of your life, uh, that is what we as Christians or we as new believers hunger for. Um, so to, in essence, to be the church is to follow out those three things. Can you repeat those
0: three things? Yeah. About?
2: Be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Love that. And what does that not apply to? Um I think, so, and I run across this. I, you know, I'm a sports guy, right? Mm. And so, if somebody is in a in a church or in a setting where they're not a sports guy or a sports woman, that um, just doesn't apply to me. Or we're, we focus a lot on missions. I, I don't do missions. Maybe I do my my local home uh, homeless shelter or something, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm never going to get on a plane and go somewhere overseas. Mm-hmm. And so they just blow us off. Or, or not necessarily blow but that just doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. But those three things, say it again. You're going to be, gonna be really Jesus. good at this when, you're, when it's over. <laughs> be, with,
2: be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Do what did. Jesus did.
0: Yeah. No matter what your platform for ministry is, and it could simply be a gym, yeah. or it could be a homeless shelter, mm-hmm. or it could be a classroom in a public high school, um, a daycare, I mean, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. those things apply. Mm-hmm. And sure. that's what that's what we as believers should be longing for, not just for us, but for the people around us mm-hmm. as well. Um, how can people partner with you guys? Maybe, maybe you've said something. I know you've said something that strikes uh, people's hearts, and they want to be involved in Hoop Coalition. How can they do that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we haven't really... Um, Talked about up until this point, when you asked what hoop coalition is, and it's really this idea. Not only people may have um, you think of Second Timothy two two, where mm-hmm. um, you know Paul is saying entrust to Timothy to entrust the gospel to faithful men who can teach others also. And so we often think of um, spiritual multiplication existing individually, mm-hmm. um, but with we, we believe in that obviously, uh, but we want to do that um, corporately uh, and and multiply communities and movements. And so when we think about uh, hoop coalition, honestly, the the hope is is that we have basketball every single night of the week, yeah. existing with some partnership in uh, Spartanburg in the Upstate, wherever, um, so that people might have a place, um, not not only just to come play basketball, but to, to hear the message of, of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the ways that you can you can partner, whether you're, I don't you know, I don't know all your listeners, but whether yeah. they're a pastor or someone who you know has a church gym, a space. Um, we're constantly looking to and praying that leaders would be raised up within mm-hmm. our community that come to faith or that are believers when they come and in. And just to be clear, when yep. you
0: say in our community, you're talking about that night when guys gather mm-hmm. uh, for, for basketball that yep. night. That's your yep. community. Yep. Yeah, and so that looks to. like
1: anywhere from 30 to 40 to 50 guys on yep. a night. Um, and that's really hard when you only have one court to have 50 guys. Uh, but it's competitive runs. It's fun. We have a lot of college mm-hmm. hoopers and different things. So it's, it's really, really a sweet thing. But um, no, so I mean, the, the way. So to, a gym with two courts would be yeah, ideal. Yeah, so if you have a gym with two courts, <laughs> huh. that is the best way okay. to kind of partner with us. <laughs> All right. um, no, so yeah, I mean, that, of course, just having resource because we don't have a. You know, a facility ourselves. Um, so, but I don't think we need to. Right? Mm-hmm. There's enough. You know, gyms on each. Yeah. You know, corner Absolutely. here, here in Spartanburg or in Greer or wherever, um, and so looking to partner in that way. That, um, you know, honestly, we have developed a lot of partnerships to the point that if um, we had people to run those nights, we could probably house that. But we we're more concerned not just about basketball yeah. movements, but spiritual movements. So we want to raise up leaders who actually yeah. can. You know, duplicate what we are doing now, um, and we want to put people in situations where they, you know, succeed. Yeah. Um, and so that's one way. Um, you and you and I, as say said, I mean, obviously, there's another. Um,
2: you. Well, hold on. You put me. <laughs> Prayer is the obvious one. Let's, let's, let's just avoid <laughs> so that that was the alley. I slam yeah, dunked. That was, that was really yeah. good. I'm thinking way
1: more worldly than you are. And <laughs> I was saying financially, but <laughs> of course. Um,
2: uh, yes. So, I, resources. You're asking resources, and ultimately, uh, anyone who is listening to this um, that feels like they are able, whether it's financially, or prayerfully. Um, Hoop Coalition as a whole w- would gladly have a conversation because there are things we've seen um, as huge impacts, such as we'll set up a, a, a table of merch, and we've we've had <clears throat> Bibles, and some of these guys, they as soon as they walk in the the door, they light up because like, oh my gosh, can I have one of these? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yours. Take yeah. it, please. Uh, we've put together some content. Um, and, and, and published, it, or not, I guess, yeah, we've printed it out so yeah. that they can have take-home stuff, uh, cause we, we want things that they, uh, we want it freely accessible. Yeah. The gospel should always mm-hmm. be freely sure. accessible. So that finance, financially there is, uh, more doors opened, um, for sure. More Bibles to give to these guys or more content to, to, uh, steward their way, um,
0: well, you mentioned that you, you'd love to have a conversation with these folks. How yep. can they get a hold of you? How can they contact you? Connect with you guys. You have a website? Yep. Emails? Anything?
2: We have a website. Uh, both of our emails are uh, able to be found on the website. Okay. What's um, the website? HoopCoalition.org. It's, yeah.
0: HoopCoalition.org. Okay. We have
2: an Instagram page. Yep. Uh, Hoop Coalition, mm-hmm. all one word
0: yeah for you younger folks send them, send them a dm <laughs> yeah. send them, send them, uh, we'd love it <laughs> so they can they can reach out that way as well
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay well uh guys i i think our people have heard your heart mm. and um, and it's interesting I, I, the the dichotomy here and that's a, that's a big word let me explain what i mean here <laughs> you, two guys god put your hearts together and put this on your heart to to begin and eventually to grow and to disciple and then see those disciples, because you want to raise people up through your communities, through Mm -hmm. the gym nights. You want to disciple them so that then they can lead their own. Mm -hmm. And that's that's New Testament church right there. And, uh, but I want our folks at home to understand, Andrew, you grew up with a basketball background. Mm -hmm. Reed, you didn't play basketball until you got to college. And you're you were a football guy, and so in some instances, when you walk into a gym, and there's thirty or 50 guys like you talk about, and they're all they're signing up because they want to win, and you know you lose, you sit down, mm-hmm. and if there's thirty guys in the gym with one court, it's going to be a while before you get back up. <laughs> so they're going to fight to win, and we don't necessarily mean literally fight, but they're going to play really hard to win. And a guy who comes from a non basketball background who walks into this setting somebody's like, well, man, I, I don't know if you really have much to offer there. Or I don't know if if, if you can't play, how are they going to respect you? Mm-hmm. And you have gotten past that because I know yeah. that, that that has entered your, your mind at times. Um, the, the enemy planting that seed of doubt. Mm-hmm. But this perfect thing about this perfect picture of God taking two guys and, and melding their hearts together mm-hmm. and their backgrounds may be different. But their hearts are the same. And God uses uh, what you have and even what you don't have uh, to make an eternal difference. And I, I'm, I'm seeing you guys journey over the last year or two, and, and I'm excited to see what comes next. Uh, Andrew Reed, I'm I, I'm grateful that you guys joined us on the podcast today.
2: Thank you for having us, yeah. Uh,
0: I say all that to say this. Really, collectively, we all say that to say this. God can use anyone to do anything. And Reed is, is, is a testimony to that, um, just as he talks about his lack of basketball background. <laughs> but not skill, just background. Uh, but God wants to use you. He wants to use your gifts, your possessions, even your connections to do something in and through you that you would not believe, even if he had told you beforehand. When you were playing high school football— and that coach asked you to share devotion. Did you ever think you'd end up leading a basketball ministry? Not a chance. No. no, no, And that's a that's a just a perfect perfect picture of what I'm saying. Is that God wants to do something in us that we wouldn't believe even if He had said told us ahead of time. As a reminder, we release this podcast on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to the podcast, you can go back and check out episode one and learn a little bit more about Impact Sports, what we do, but more importantly, why we do it. If you'd like to hear more from us, we are now sending out a weekly email devotional called Thoughts From Outside the Boat. If you'd like to sign up to get those weekly, you can go to utterlyamazed.com and you can sign up right there on the homepage. To find out more about the ministry, you can go to Impact Sports online or you can also follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook. We'll see you next time. on I Say All That to say this.